Hello, one, two, five. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. I'm handy woman, Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. I am more handy, handier. I guess those two things are totally different meanings. I'm more ha- more handy. It sounds like more handsy. And handsy yeah. means, you know, groping people and touching people like when they don't. Yeah, you're a sex pest. Yeah. I'm on a first date and I've read the, uh, the mystery book, that idiot from VH1. <laughs> the game. Uh, dating. Yeah. And uh, mystery informed me to touch the woman's lower back when we're walking into the restaurant. So I do that, except uh, instead of just gently glancing it, I put my whole palm on the small of her back. And then she... With a little bit of grip. And then she turns around and I caress her face. And then the hand that was on the small of her back moves to the front of her body, just below her breasts. He doesn't say that. (laughs) I'm sure he did. You ever, uh, those, those people were fucking idiots. A group yeah, of. Yeah, I remember that thing about peacocking where it's like, wear something weird that the conversation started. <laughs> like a top hat. <laughs> well, that, that's that whole mystery. That was his thing. And I'm yeah. sure he played it up for TV, but he was wearing goofy Jamiroquai hats, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Did he have a mustache that was odd also? I don't think he had a mustache. No, I feel like there's people in that circle that would have a mustache that you could twirl and then talk about. He had a little soul patch. Eric Von Markovic. Whoa, his name is Eric Von? Yeah, Eric Von Markovic. But he spells Eric with a K. Of course he fucking does. I know, Eric Von Hessler would be... uh, I don't know. Angry? Ashamed? That this man exists with a similar name? I mean... Uh, I don't know about angry. I think you would be angry. It sounds like something you'd be mad at. Like, you're mad at Greg Russ of New York. I should be mad at Greg Russ of New York, the man who came in to run NYCHA, which is the public housing in New York City, who, whose family stayed in Minneapolis. He had no desire to be here. It was clear. And that's fine. If you want to stay in Minneapolis, I can understand not wanting to move your whole family. to Don't take the fucking job. Don't take the job because it pays you hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And you're like, I can't turn this down and then fly back and forth constantly and also do a shit job so that everyone writes bad articles about Greg Russ. And then if you search me, (laughs) everything is this guy failed miserably. There was mercury on the Lower East Side uh, public housing and he ignored all the complaints and he, he wasn't even around for the last seven months. You're like, that wasn't me. Praise whale. I remember the day he was hired. I had on New York One, which is nonstop news, 24-hour news network, which okay. uh, one of the hosts, you'll, you'll know some of the hosts, even if you've never watched uh, New York One because they show up in movies, like Pat, Keir- okay. Pat Kiernan. He's in a lot of... Kiernan superhero movies but anytime a movie set in new york and they're doing a news segment that you see on the tv uh-huh. quite often it's an anchor from new york one okay that's a nice gig you're like oh i just do local news for new york city but uh i'm i'm so tied to the city that people say hey i'm doing a movie you want to do this part where you just have to play yourself and do what you normally do you're like yeah cool easy enough that happens with other politicians uh, that aren't so local. Well, this guy's I'm not talking about Pat Kiernan, the guy in the New York one who gets to do bit parts in movies, not politicians. Okay. Right. I know. But still, I mean, you're right. So I forgot that he's not the politician that you're talking about. But uh, they do that with like that bald guy um, that's married to the a wife that is the complete opposite of him politically. I don't know who you're yeah, talking he about. He kind of talks like this. <laughs> I, I don't. That doesn't help. He's in a bunch of movies. He's in like Dave. <laughs> I, I love Dave. I do not. Yeah, the premise of Dave. What an asinine. <laughs> I mean, fine. Whatever. Movies can be fun. Is there any weeper? 
Movies can be fun. They don't have to be grounded. Yeah, I, I, I make look, that sandwich that he makes with like the shaved carrot. I look like the president, and the president is in the hospital and unresponsive. And he was an asshole. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the country can't know that the president's in bad shape. So we're going to pull in this nobody who looks like the president. You. <laughs> Come on. Come pretend yeah. to be president. Why, what, what was the reason people couldn't know? I think it was. I don't think that there was any real huge reason. I thought it was it was just those two guys that decided that he can't that people can't know. I know there was some scheming behind the scenes, too, right? Did yeah, you- it was those two guys. It was. um, ugh, I have to look up the IMDb for Dave. I wish Sigourney Another, Weaver like, had never figured yeah, it Sigourney out. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver was... I wish she had never figured it out. And then she just thought that her husband had changed and that he was a nice, cool guy. And then her real husband comes back and she's in love with him again. And then he just turns out to be an asshole again. And she has no clue. And she's on this emotional roller coaster. And she Ugh. feels like she's losing her mind. That's Oh, a- Kevin Dunn and Frank Langella, which I would not know those names without looking at their faces you know that should be the real story of dave sigourney weaver's character's mental breakdown <laughs> dave too first lady last stand last <laughs> last straw oh he's on veep that guy first lady last straw i like that i okay. didn't i didn't I like watch that. i didn't watch veep Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Veep's so good. I hear it's good. Sure, it's good. Yeah. Not a big comedy fan. Don't like the, the half-hour comedy. Oh, but I mean, it's it's more than just comedy. Yeah, it straddles the line still. Yeah. Still wasn't drawn to it. Okay, that's fine. Somebody somewhere who I thought was an idiot probably said once that they liked it. Oh, probably. And I thought, and then, well, if you fucking like it, then fuck that. I'm not going to watch that show. Oh, yeah. Ben Kingsley is the vice president. I'm going to. Uh, you're still talking about Dave. Well, sorry, I'm obsessed. I we, really like this movie. We can get back to uh, the game because when I first moved to New York, I rented an apartment, an apartment, well, a sublet an apartment from one of the guys who was part of the game. Stephen Nash, his name was, that wasn't his real name, but he went by Stephen Nash. Okay. And I thought, there's a basketball player named Steve Nash. Did you not know that? Picking your fake player name, the name that you're going to use as you sexually uh, assaulted and molested women, that's similar to this Greg Russ thing. If I were the real Steve Mm. Nash, I would think, what the fuck, out of all the names in the world. And this is different because the guy chose a fake name. It's like you choose mine when you're a disgusting, weaselly, greasy loser who has suddenly assigned themselves as the authority on how to pick up women. This guy, when I sublet from him, he was charging us much more than the apartment was going for at the time. Now it seems like a steal. Because it was a relatively big railroad apartment and we were paying $2,600 a month. That was a lot for me. And whatever. I was like, okay, we're only staying here for two months while we figure out. Because I moved in with Philip, who was my friend from Atlanta, who was a bartender at Astoria. And when I moved to New York, I said, hey, Phil, you want to go to New York? Thinking if anyone I know would move to New York on a whim, it would be Philip. And he said, yeah, sure. Okay. So he was my roommate for the first couple years here. Anyway, uh, two months subletting while I figured out how to get another apartment, hopefully got a job in that time. And when we moved out, Steve's girlfriend gave us our deposit back, looked over the apartment, gave us the deposit back. And then a few days later, I got an email from Steve saying he was going to sue us if we didn't return the deposit because the apartment was not in great shape. And the next subtenant had backed out 
And the truth is the the apartment wasn't the nicest. There were mice that I saw. It wasn't absolutely mm-hmm. disgusting, but it was old furniture. And of course, somebody would have backed out. Also, you clean the fucking place. And then he said, because he was in North Carolina at the time and his dad was sick and his girlfriend didn't know what she was looking for, that it was in bad faith that we were keeping the deposit, not giving it back to him. And it's like, fuck you, dude. And he was asking me yeah. for, for my new address. He's like, what's your address? Because I, I figured he wanted to serve me some papers or something mm-hmm. to, to try to take me to small claims court. And I gave him the address to 99X in Atlanta <laughs> just yeah. to give him. The, I said, oh, I'm back in Atlanta now. Here's the address. And I did hear from the receptionist uh-huh. there that some certified mail came for me. And I said, just send it back. Damn, so he really did serve you? He, I, he tried. He tried to do something. Yeah. So I gave him the runaround for a few weeks and he was really starting to to put the pedal to the metal. Like get the, the tone was getting more threatening. I kept all of these emails uh, because I still have them to this day. I read over them once because I'm very proud of how I handled it. So while, he, while he's doing this, I just looked into New York rental law. And if an apartment is uh, rent stabilized. Uh-huh. Which, which means that it's subject to whatever the rental board says a year in rent increases. Sometimes they say this year you can't increase the rent. This year you can increase it 3%. It's not a free market apartment like I have now where the landlord next year could say he wants an extra $1,000. Right. So it's different from rent controlled. Rent controlled is where it never goes up again. And those aren't really handed out anymore. P- people have to will them over. But stabilize certain apartments. Uh, are categorized as stabilized. And if that's the case, if you sublet it, you're not allowed to charge more than you pay for it. And if it's furnished, you can charge an extra 10%. And because these are the laws, all of this is public record. So I, I went to the housing office, proved that I lived in this apartment because I had a lease that I signed with him for two months. He was paying $1,600 a month, charging us an extra $1,000 a month. And I, I assumed he was charging us more going in, but I didn't know the laws. I also didn't care. I was like, whatever. I, I'm choosing to pay this for two months to get on my feet. And if somebody overcharges you, you're allowed to sue them for three times the amount they overcharged you. So oh. he's overcharging us $1,000 a month, two months times three, $6,000. Yeah. So I have this information. I gather all the materials. And then I mimic the last email he sent. I can't remember the wording that he used, but I used the same exact wording and threw it back in his face while delivering this information. Right. Actual information instead of garbage, whatever he's yeah, saying. Yeah. And immediately he wasn't happy and he made it seem like he was doing this reluctantly, which I'm sure he still was reluctant, but it wasn't his choice and he was ready to fight, but his lawyer had told him that he should let this one go. And that was that. That was the end. And I won. I beat Steve Nash of the game. <laughs> that, that guy. I went to his new apartment. I don't know how he had money. He was a, a few blocks away. And he had a girlfriend who seemed nice and I didn't know what she was doing with him. Because again, uh-huh. a real grease ball. I don't I don't fucking understand it. I don't I don't know. Maybe his tactics really did work. And as I was doing my research on all this this law, I was also looking him up and he had these yeah. sad seminars where he would try to get men in New York to come out and he would teach them the the dating game. And the videos at the seminars had like six people, just six people in this big room that probably was in a community college, a space that he rented where they do AA meetings. And if people were showing up, I would still find it to be somewhat sad that this many guys, for whatever reason, were putting their faith into this Steve Nash, Stephen Nash. But there was nobody there. And he also had an ebook, which was ahead of the trend because ebooks in 2008. Not too many people were publishing them, but he had his. Right. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Oh, I see him. How to get a girlfriend. Yeah, he still, he still exists. You found him? Yeah. Well, this is the Amazon 
That's it, though. That's listing. it. Listing. Yeah. 20 bucks on Kindle. Is, does, is there an excerpt? Does it give you a look inside? Yeah. Read sample. Well, I've finally done it, I thought. I have just bought a book that is going to help me with women. How pathetic. I am such a worthless specimen of a man. And now I need guidance just to get a date. Jeez. A few years ago, I admitted to myself that I wanted help with women. So much so that I drew, I threw down some money for a book similar to this one. I was coming off a devastating breakup. It was one of those relationships where I was considering marrying the girl. She had met my family and they loved her. I had met her family and they loved me. Hell, I had even passed through the icy stare of her father to the point of us heading out to walk the dogs on occasion. I was in, wasn't I? Nope, not even close. I had made some critical, albeit innocent errors when relating with women that always reverse attraction, leaving me alone and baffled once again. So I made it my mission to get this area, quote, handled ASAP. When I took the great leap into the immense amount of information about meeting women, dating and seduction, I discovered a lot of confusion, mixed messages and very complex theories. To say I was fascinated would be an understatement. Within a year, I emerged as one of the best at picking up women in the world. <laughs> there you go. There it <laughs> and, is. <laughs> and yet I was I still wasn't able to maintain anything like a long term relationship. Most of the women I would, quote, date wouldn't see me past a second date. Something fundamental was clearly missing. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, hold your spot. How did yeah. you become one of the best at picking up women if people wouldn't see you more than one date? The first date is, mm, OK, this is harmless enough. I'll give this a chance. And a lot of the times people draw that conclusion after a few dates, meaning it's not going to work. I'm not. Re but yeah. after the first date, it's like it, it's clear. It's no fucking way. This yeah, is like this guy I sucks. don't want to be around this person. This there's nothing here. So <laughs> to say that you've become one of the best. What the fuck is that? Also, this whole opening passage is him explaining why you should buy the book, which to me, does already purchased. It doesn't instill. Well, if you have a, if you're able to take a peek inside, like you're doing, I assume that this is known that people are going to be able to see, and they'll read this part, and hopefully this pitch will work. Complete opposite right. effect. The moment it sounds desperate. It, it comes, does. Is this his style of, of picking women up? Oh, I, I present myself as desperate, a bit desperate and pathetic. <laughs> and there's some women who like to fix men. And those are the ones who go for me because they think, oh, what a, a soul that's lost in the darkness. How can I help him back to town, find the light, uh, give him a warm bed because this existence is cold and it makes me sad myself. And after one date, they're like, oh, what a fucking creep. I think that's that's what it jumps to. I, I, otherwise, I don't understand how any of this is appealing to anyone, but. Continue on if there's anything of interest in his well, opening, yeah. his prologue. He's mostly saying that when he first started researching it, he started he fell in love with the chase and wasn't able to keep anybody. And so then and he said what this book will do is help like teach you how to lead a life where women says you will attract them rather than chase them. You will know down to your bones how to meet, attract, connect, and date women of your choosing. You will know the essence of a great relationship and begin cultivating that today. It says, um, seven chapters, seven pieces to the puzzle. The first skill is, uh, is in understanding the power of discovering your true purpose. Your purpose <laughs> serves to direct your life in a way that provides you with reliable and consistent power. In my experience, a man must begin with his purpose as it will always be the most important part of your life. Okay, that's enough. With, are, are there, yeah. Is there a chapter <laughs> listing? I, I'd be curious to yeah, see what the chapter. seven... Oh, wait, hold on. There's a graph. There's like a chart. So number one, purpose. Two, lifestyle. Three, meeting women. Four, attracting women. Five, connecting with women. Six, social circle. Seven, dating relationships. Okay, so then the chapters are... Oh, it's all of those. Okay, so... Yeah, first it's like, what's your purpose? Um, what is your practice? How to discover your purpose, masculinity, and then two is lifestyle. All right, I'm bored. So it's like the game, I'm, hobbies, I'm bored, social circle, things to do when you're alone, <laughs> the body. And this whole thing, it's pretty much don't be a creep. 
Don't be a fucking creep. Don't be a weirdo what? that gives off bad vibes. Be confident in who you are. It's the same old shit. There's nothing revolutionary here. Be confident in no. who you are. Exude that confidence. At least be a bit comfortable. Even if you are uncomfortable, uh, be comfortable in your discomfort. <laughs> if that makes sure. sense. But you just own I, I it. Think... And then I think it's like, oh, okay, this person's pretty normal. The moment a woman or anyone... Uh, I, I assume this happens in homosexual relationships, too. The moment the other person senses that the person they're with is trying to manipulate or, or right. play a bit of a game, which this whole thing is called the fucking game. So it's right there. And that should be a, a red flag immediately. I, I assume that aversion is the next feeling. Like, you know what? Fuck. I, I'm out of here. Well, you can't make a genuine connection with someone who isn't being genuine. Exactly. So I think what he's saying, he's kind of got it right, where it's like you do need to focus on yourself and like find things that interest you. And then you will then find other people that are interested in that thing. But this is known. This is the, the he didn't discover this when he was living. No, no. In a, but it's it, a, yeah. a disgusting, uh, dirty plate littered, s smelly socks strewn about the house in L.A. with the other dudes who are part of the game led by mystery. I, uh, if they mm -hmm. if they came across this and thought that they invented it, it's delusional to begin with. Yeah, he seems uh, like a guy that's just capitalizing on guys that... Well, he didn't capitalize. Yeah. He tried. He tried to capitalize. It didn't really happen from North Carolina. That was the, that was the last part of this story, that... Uh, if I was going to get fucked over by someone moving to New York, it would better be a New Yorker, not a guy from North Carolina. And that was a lot of motivation for me. Like, I'm yeah. going to I'm I'll show you that I belong in the city more than you do. You should <laughs> fucking take your tail, put it between your legs and go back to North Carolina. Weasel. And you're not even good at that. You're not even good at trying to rip people off. It's like who gives a deposit back and then asks for it returned? Here it is. Oh, my dad was sick and my girlfriend took a look and you took advantage of the situation. It's like, no, I didn't. That didn't cross my mind. Person looked at the apartment. The person said, looks good to me. Here's your money. The right. end. If she said, I don't know. This isn't right. This doesn't look good. This is broken. I'd say, oh, well, if I was responsible, okay, I'll fix it. Then you'll give me my money. I guess we did smoke in there. I was smoking cigarettes <laughs> at the time. Yeah, yeah. And he did say not to smoke, but whatever. She gave it. She gave it back. It's it, really he should be mad at her. He, she gave it back. Exactly. Right, and you have to eat the mistake. And if for not for for putting that in somebody else's hands, and if, that's it. If I'm being completely empathetic, compassionate, and trying to put myself in his shoes. If his dad really was sick, and he was in, like, I'm sure that's a stressful, difficult thing. Sure. And I don't know what his finances were. Uh, I don't. I, I think he was using that apartment to as an additional income stream because right. I doubt his professional life was going so well. And you take away. I mean, they could find another tenant, but I also exposed him in the eyes of the law. I was like, "What you're doing is illegal, and you can really get fucked doing this." And maybe he didn't know that. Maybe I first introduced that right, to him. Yeah. And maybe I blew up everything. Maybe at that point, he's like, I, the only real money I have coming in is this $1,000 a month. My girlfriend's paying for a lot of the things. My dad is dying. Maybe he was in a bad spot. He probably also is focusing a lot of his energy on the mistakes he made with you guys instead of maybe being sad about his dad, you know? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But whatever. Um, I, also, look, I found a, I found a review for the book. It's from this person named Dr. Agostino. And the, the headline of the of the review is one of the best books about how to get a girlfriend I ever read R.E.D. <laughs> from Dr. Agostino. Uh, I was thinking before there's a grocery chain, D'Agostino. Oh, D'Agostino. Yeah, maybe that's kind of maybe someone faked it. Well, somebody maybe Steve Nash himself. Yeah. 
That would, which, by the way, I know his real name. I won't reveal it here, sure. even though he's out there as a public-ish figure. Uh, but maybe in writing a fake review, he's like, I need to come up with a name. And he looked out the window and there was a D'Agostino across the street and he dropped the D apostrophe. He's like, Agostino, that sounds good. That's like a real doctor. <laughs> then This doctor says, it's not only very informative to the point, no fluff, which is all hyphenated. It says, but very actionable and good organized. <laughs> well, look, he wanted Agostino to come off as a person who was new to the country, which we can all relate with. Oh, right. Wait, no, we can't. Oh, no. <laughs> but we could, mm-hmm. we, I can, I could but... we can at least grasp how difficult that must be. Stephen points you in the right direction, giving advices at the end of each chapter. I think Damn. all these guys, like there was a group of them. I wonder how many tried to. He has a podcast. How many, how many tried to parlay that into a career? I almost said his real name there. Uh, <laughs> Nash. Nash has a podcast. Yeah. It can't be up to, to date. Find it. Hold on. It can't be up to date. It can't be. This is from 2015, this review. What's the, I don't want people to know the name of the podcast because I don't want his podcast is to brilliant it. and his overall approach to dating coaching dating coaching is upright and honest and effective. Highly recommend how to get a girlfriend for men of all ages and stages of success in dating and relationships. Even if you consider yourself to have this is definitely paid. Well, to be if, reviewed, you, if you're right? pay, like, if like you're you paying, can, shouldn't you get proper grammar and spelling? No, because they're foreign. So you just like that you like you ship it to India or something and they they write reviews for you. How many reviews does it have total? It has. Oh, just thirteen. Oh. Thirteen total ratings, four with reviews. So maybe it is real. <laughs> I found the podcast. OK. Last published you know December 2015. Hmm. Uh, breakups are hard. Trust me, I've been there. And all too often I get emails from guys wondering how they can get back their ex. What is freedom? Gratitude, its importance and attraction, dating in life. Does this have any reviews? It has 12 ratings. But five stars. Five stars? Five stars. Okay. Let me connect this to Bluetooth and I'll play a little bit, even though I reluctant. This wasn't supposed to be the topic of today's episode. <laughs> Because you were talking about being handy and fixing things, and I've been fixing things. But also, I fixed this problem. I fixed this problem with Stephen Nash. That's I get very, right. I get very litigious. There was there was an instance uh, at work once where I felt as though I was going to be reprimanded for uh, talking about money and asking for money, which is highly illegal, even if a company in their handbook says that people can't discuss money openly. You are allowed to discuss your salary. You can't talk about someone else's salary without them wanting you to. But outside of that, you're allowed to talk. You're allowed to ask for raises. And if there's some kind of punishment, uh, I think the National Relations Labor Act explicitly states that it's fucked, unionized or not. And I was was really prepping. I was ready to go. But then in a next conversation that didn't come up. Like I was recording the conversation. I was like, Hey, I'm going to, if I'm told not to talk about money, I'm going to have the proof. I did the, the, (laughs) I did looked into the laws of the States where the recording was happening. And because it was across state lines and I wanted to figure out what the deal with that was and everything was legal and I was ready to do it. And then it never came up. Similarly, similarly to when I was asked to be made full time, when I was asked to be full time. Right. Uh, they were offering me $24,000 less than I was currently making as a freelancer. And I understand that there's this idea of more security and the benefits that come along with it, like paid vacation and health benefits. But I had all that because working as this freelancer, I was still W2. I was working over oh, 40 good. hours a week. I got overtime. So I had like the paid vacation wasn't there, but my boss said, look, you were in essence are a full-time employee. So if you take time off, you can bill for that. I didn't right. I didn't bring that up because I didn't want to blow up that spot. But <laughs> yeah, but when they offered me this money, I was insulted because it's so much less for the same job that you've been doing for two years at that point. It is wild that they would even that they would be so bold. I also think they're just out of touch. HR comes in and has no clue what's happening. And I they see. have this list in front of them and say, this job pays this. And mm-hmm. I my res- so they feel like they're being generous if they go above that when really it's. Like you said, 12K less. 24 less. Sorry, 24 less. It's a lot of fucking money. 12K is a lot. 
But 20, 24 is Sorry, a lot. I was speaking from my own brain because I lost $12,000 this year. Yeah, it sucks. $1,000 a month. So yeah. I wrote an email the opposite direction uh, where they explaining why they should actually be giving me $24,000 a year more than they currently were paying me in a freelance status. It's not even freelance. It's I'm just using that as the term because when you're working in that capacity, uh, freelance is out the window. It's more like a, a project-based employee where you're not quite temp because you're not on the company's payroll, but you're expected to be there certain hours of the day and certain days of the week. And um, the email, it broke everything down with such numbers. And it, and it, it still made sense because being in that spot, they were paying 20% on top of what I was making. So whatever I made, they paid the company that uh, paid me and handled my payroll and my benefits an additional 20%. So that in itself means they were paying a lot more fucking money right out the door. And I made the point that if they pay me $24,000 a year, they'd still themselves be saving $15,000 a year. They didn't like it. It didn't go over so well. <laughs> but... I get in these spaces. And it's like, I'll fuck fine. You want, you want to go? I'll take you on. I will fucking do all the research and homework and I will take you down. You, you, how dare you? <laughs> That's the feeling. How dare you? All right. I got, yeah. I got a, how do you set up Bluetooth on this thing? I'm pretty pissed <clears throat> myself about my situation. You can discuss it a bit as I try to set this up. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, I think we've talked about it where everyone is protected except for me. Everyone is either full time or under. You're contract talking about with the radio show. Yes. Yeah. Everyone, with the radio show. Everyone's um, got a full time gig except for you. You're hourly and you don't get benefits, even though you're expected to work the same job that everyone else works. Well, even if like, let's say Eric or Jared, you know, are doing extra things that I'm not doing. Tim isn't. And if they wanted to give me something, give it to me. But Tim's a name. I don't understand. Yeah, whatever. Um, so, uh, that's yeah, what they I, said, though. Uh, that isn't that's what that's what you were told. Tim's a name in the market. You're not. No, I was not told that. I thought that came up at some point, but that was also like at this point, it's been ten years. So yeah, <laughs> I can understand yeah. if it's the first year. People don't know you. They know Tim. They're excited to have Tim around because they know him from the other show. Right. Well, whatever. So, <clears throat> you know, I I went to them and told them that. I'm prepared to do something else if you don't give me more money. And there was a lot of talk about how it's, oh, it's really bad timing. You know, I said, no, sorry. That's, I said, that, that doesn't work anymore because every time I've brought this up, it's, and this is the other times I brought this up. Nobody, uh, uh, Jared was still part-time. Um, Tim's always been under contract. So I was like, well, at least Jared's still part-time, <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm included in that, I guess. So I felt like, well, okay, maybe that's okay. But, <clears throat> excuse me, all the other times I brought that up, it was, I was told that, uh, yeah, it's just, oh, it's just not a good time right now. And blah, 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 blah. so then I told him this time, I said, that's too bad. I said, you can't use that excuse anymore. It's always been bad timing. Excuse me. So then he's like, oh, well, you know, those other times, that might have been true, but this time that might not have been true, but this time it is. I was like, well, too bad. <laughs> so basically, then, in the past, we were lying to you. We were just saying things to the, get you off our back. But this but see, time he can say that because he wasn't there at the time. Yeah, that's a nice, convenient excuse. Exactly. But I was like, I really don't care because it's that's too bad. It's been too long. Sorry. So then, um, yeah, he was like, when was the last time you got a raise? And I said, well, it was kind of recently, but it was it was like a 75 cent raise. <laughs> You know, it was like a cost of living. The only I think I've gotten three raises and they've all been those tiny percentages. Well, and one year, the one year I asked for more money, I asked for a significant increase and they were like, oh, my gosh, like, oh, I don't know. Like, we just can't. And oh, no, I'm trying my hardest. Like, I'm pushing this up the the ladder and I'm trying to make it. Da, 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 da. And then they're like, oh, my gosh, we fine. We got back to you. We finally got you a raise. Nobody's getting a raise. It here's here's three percent. There are no raises in radio anymore. I do believe that. I do think that uh, the industry as a whole is hurting, but that's not your problem. If you're going to set up 
a, a yeah. dynamic where everyone's doing, in essence, the same job. You can make the argument that Eric is the host and he leads the show and the show yes, could he should exist. should make more money. I'm fine The show with could that. exist if everyone else went away. So he makes more. But if you're there in a support capacity and there are yeah. other people who are there full-time, staff, benefits, yeah. 401k, whatever the fuck it is they offer, then for you not to have the same thing yeah. is pretty fucked up. It's difficult because you do only work three hours a day. If you count right. the podcast four and legally, because I was going to say the way to approach these things and the way to make them listen is uh -huh. you figure out what the fucking law is. And when you know that and it can be used against them, you present it, you don't present it in a threatening way, but you're like, look, I know, I know my rights. I know what protections I have and the way that you are approaching this and interacting with me goes against all of that. And then they'll listen. Working 15 hours a week, 20 at most, you are under. It's shitty that the rest of the show like, isn't treated that way. Like right. It's a full-time job to them. And I feel in radio, it's always been understood that air shifts aren't stretching eight hours a day. And people are being paid full-time salaries. So there's a you know, a precedence there, I guess, that behavior in the past. But I don't know how that helps you. I don't I I, yeah. I don't know how you can use that. You being a woman is a thing. Do you really want to do you really want to <laughs> go down that path? But it is. I mean, it's true. If, if yeah, if it does end up being like that, then I'll 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 bring it up. Like, it is odd that I am the only woman on the show you just have and to that I'm. Huh? If you're going to do that, you have to document everything because then if they get rid of you, you have to prove that you've been having these conversations. Well, I, I did. I mean, we did have these. I did have conversations with them. And I guess there's like, you know, uh, things in calendars that have can show that we did meet. But you, you know? need to document what's been. I'm not saying record it, but in email exchanges, lay out explicitly. If you do get on yeah. the path where. I'm the only woman on the show. There's a pay discrepancy. I really don't want to do that. I know you don't. Who does want to yeah. do that? But Nobody. if they're not well, willing, <laughs> if they're not willing to play ball, if they yeah. want to keep dismissing you and not dismiss anyone else on the show, that's one that's it's fucking who manages that way. And this is not against Ken because I don't I don't even know Ken. I just I'm thinking generalized in radio, and I I have a feeling I know what he's dealing with. I don't know the full extent. Right, and he. When when we did talk, I mean, he I kept saying like that it just it's not OK anymore. It's I think, you know, it, he's he was talking about like cutting budgets and all these other areas. And I was like, well, if I said if a certain person on the show can make this amount of money, which I said a certain amount, I said it's bullshit that I have to I have to work part time and that I can make more money doing something else. Um, and he's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, that is bullshit. I was like, okay, well. You weren't asking for a lot. You told me what more you wanted. And it's yeah. a couple things. It's not much more money. And it's just full time. Yeah. Or I, just, a, a, I don't know, full time and contract. I don't know, something. Well, even if you don't get a contract, I think getting full time is helpful. Yeah. I just want to be uh, protected if something happens to the show. If Eric decides to blow it up for some reason. Well, I don't, I don't know. Sure. Having a contract like. Let's say you had a contract for three years and Eric blew up the show one year in. I don't think it depends on what the contract says. Is it tied directly to the show? If the show ceases to exist, are you protected? Like there's a lot of stuff that can go into that and they could get around yeah. it. So the protection part of it, well, not a thing that you shouldn't ask for. Everyone should be protected. Well, as especially much as they the can. way he talks about stuff on air. You know, I know that he does a lot of talking, but. Sometimes he really does scare me. Like, okay, you're just going to just say one day, nope, forget it. Well, hopefully they can figure something out. There's a bunch of shit yeah. that goes into it, too, like uh, legal things and then the way they're reporting their financing and, you know, if there's a loss or like there's things mm -hmm. that I don't even begin to understand. Like head counts is a thing and they can't go above a certain head count. And this is what they've been approved. Oh, I've heard that. For. Like so many people can be full time. 
I think that he told me that, that like somebody has to leave in order for me to get full time. And there's probably truth to that in ways, again, that I, I can't pretend to know. I know that there's a lot at play. I still. How do you get uh, around that? I, I don't know how ultimately you get around it. Because I'm not thinking that he's withholding from me necessarily. I think I'm just not being fought for. And so I have to do it myself. Um, cause I, like I said, I don't think he's a villain for like not getting me what I think I should get. So I am sympathetic to the, the obstacles that he faces, but it's also like, well, it's time now. It's time now because, because not only did the time change is really cool when I don't have the kids, like I can chill all day. I can do so many things. I sleep in. It's great. But when I have the kids, it is so difficult <laughs> to like get things going for them have them have their own time like cooking dinner late it makes them go to bed late like it's a it's not a great time it messes that up and then also and then when they, they were in school it was worse because I would only see that they get out of school like in the afternoon and then I'd only have like an hour and a half maybe with them before I had to like get them on an iPad and just chill and like watch TV or do whatever while I was in here in the closet and then and then the endorsement ended and they didn't even tell me that it ended. So I would have budgeted appropriately, like maybe not purchased some bigger ticket items because I would have known that the endorsement was ending, which was a thousand dollars a month. That's twelve thousand dollars a year that I lost. So not only was I surprised by it, not getting the day before I had to look and see what my paycheck was going to be. I noticed it was less. I had to contact them. and they're like, Oh, whoops, that ended. I'm like, oh, whoops. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for telling me that really was helpful. So then, yeah, I've lost money and it's it, my family time is fucked up. Also, the job you'd be taking is so much different than radio. <laughs> I know. I don't want to do that either. I really don't. And I'm sorry. I'm I not will, revealing though, bitch, it. I fucking will, though. I feel like people because I'm not too proud. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I it's your place to say I'm not I'm not going to tell people what it is. You don't have to say what it is. But yes, no, it's I don't want to say I'm embarrassed. It's much different than working yeah. in radio, which people think is prestigious. I, I there's got to be people out there that think because you're attached to the show that you're just making a shitload of money. It's like, wow, yeah. all the money must be rolling in. And again, I guess for working 15 hours a week, it's not uh -huh. awful. It's not. But not being full time because it does take up a chunk of your day. And now that it's moved to the evening uh, for you, it's become harder because it's impeded any other way for me to make money previous. Yeah. Because the, the, the additional money you're making was money you made at night working at the yacht right, club or part time, you know, things are anywhere that you're going to make, you know, uh, I don't want to go work at target, you know, from, 10 to 2 or 9 to 2. When whatever. the show was during the day, that, that really takes away the ability to have another job. So right. it feels though being made full-time. But it doesn't, just because it's night now doesn't mean that you should not be full-time. You should be full-time and uh, I I don't know. This is, this, you have to be prepared to make the decision, I guess, if you don't get the things that you want, which the thing that you're asking for is really not that much. So hopefully they can yeah. they can figure it out. I have. Thank you for letting me go and talk about all that. Yeah, of course. You're going to be fired on Monday. Somebody's going to listen to this. <laughs> what the f You talk about I'll this sue. stuff. I'll hire you as my lawyer. Well, I don't know the full. Uh, I don't know how to navigate all the law. I can just <laughs> find laws and scare people with those laws. Right. That's the best I can do. If somebody uh played chicken with me at that point like uh, I don't know what the next step is I'll have to right. figure that out Here we go lifestyle fundamentals for attracting women from June 19th 2015 It is This is the Lifestyle Arts Podcast with Stephen Nash session number 24 <laughs> No comment Welcome to the Lifestyle Arts Podcast. I'm Stephen Nash, author, entrepreneur, adventurer, husband, and dating coach. Whoa. Adventurer. 
Yeah, adventurer. So many things. I scale wow. mountains and dive to the depths of the ocean, and I go to outer space in my free time. I am an adventurer. And really, he just went to the uh, Long Island Sound and camped one <laughs> night on the beach. That was the extent of it. But he got some nice pictures of him carrying a rolled-up tent and a sleeping bag and uh, a thermos with a little... Oh, you know what he had to do? He had to set up his phone and put it on a timer and then run in front of it and like stand in front of water with his back to the camera. And he kept doing it for hours because he wasn't oh, getting... Oh, yeah, to get the right shot. He wasn't getting the angle that he liked. Yeah. We discuss how to gain the maximum edge with women in dating by focusing on building an attractive lifestyle, developing killer social skills. I'll say he was ahead of the curve 2015. Now that podcasts were unheard of, but he was... Yeah, sure. They at the forefront. Okay. Mics still weren't that expensive. He could have invested in something a little better. Get $40 USB mic. It's going to do you wonders, whatever this this is. Personal style and other factors crucial to be... It's a little bit better than a laptop. Maybe it's... Um, I don't know if it's... It could be a oh, gaming no, it, headset. It could, it could be a headset, or it could be that little, like, handheld recorder thing that people were using for podcasts for a while. Like a Zoom? Yeah. He's just speaking into the mic. Yeah, it could be. It could be that. I, I'm not one to criticize sound too much considering the way your mic's been sounding. Well, that's Tracking not to top notch women. What's going on, man? It's Stephen Nash. Welcome to the podcast. What's going on, man? What's going on? It's only for men. I mean, it's nice that he's singling out the listener, developing that one on one bond that I want from my dating coach. Sorry, we should be talking to one singular person. <laughs> yes. It's just us, the three of us. Yeah. And today we're talking about six lifestyle fundamentals. You think these and are the chapters in his book? It's a perfect topic to yes. get into right now because uh You're gonna list them out because I don't well, have time for this. My wife and I are in the process of uh, really exploring some new terrain for us in <gasps> terms of lifestyle and uh -oh. designing the life that she wants to get on top and uh, we're very no no excited. he wants they, they're gonna bring somebody second. else in um, but it is summer here in new york and i hope you're having a good summer so far i hope you're um seeing some uh, dating improvement i don't know where you are in your life too slow but Hurry i up. know that um sometimes things can be frustrating or challenging yeah like this podcast and i am here to help <laughs> i would love to hear from you with clears his voice or it clears his throat like you do in the middle of the show you wow. can send those to Stephen. That's uh, Stephen with a PH at lifestyle-arts.com. So feel free to send me questions, and then down the road we'll do a few Q and A sessions. I get I, questions. I feel like I'm in a meeting uh, regularly. It's probably how he handles his up seminars with you, podcast listener. There's a professionalist uh, professionalism that comes into play when you do things like this. I'm not, I, meaning if you really are trying to sell yourself and the message that you have because you have the tools and you have the knowledge. This guy's not exuding that. No. You can go do a seminar, even if there are six people, and be very good at it. And maybe you win those people over. And at that point, it kind of is like selling snake oil. It doesn't matter if what you're selling works or not. Ultimately, what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to blame the person. Look, I gave you the tools. You just don't know how to use them. I told you how to use them. It's not my fault that you can't put it together. That's a nice out. But this guy, I wouldn't trust. There's no authority. I wouldn't go into a room and when he's speaking, like this, wow, that he really does know. He knows. And I yeah, want to listen. What is what is that guy that has like the he has? He has like Marfons, basically. He's like gigantism, you know, where he does the motivational speaking. <laughs> I think uh, Tony. Yeah. Robbins. Yes, Tony Robbins. He has a charisma. He has a commanding sense. Where this guy really, it really does seem like we've gone into a conference room and we're talking about like. He's also only six foot six. I don't know if that guy's got whatever you said he has. Well, Marfons, because his jaw and his hands, like he's got these giant features that look like maybe maybe they treated it. And so it didn't get out of hand. Debunking the rumors. There's no evidence to suggest that Tony Robbins has Marfon syndrome. Oh, 
While it's important to raise uh, awareness about genetic disorders, blah, blah, blah. He does not have it. But I did know who you were talking about based on that. So <laughs> there you go. Take from that what you will. Okay. I would love to do that regularly just to keep me talking with you rather than just talking at you. Well, that's the so, problem. Yeah, You're viewing the podcast as talking at you. Uh, you tried to include by saying man. She's lived here for a long time herself. She's younger than I am, so not quite as long as I, but we're both sort of at our... Uh, you really had to establish that. I've been here longer, though, just so you know. Yeah. Or, um, at the end of our at least full-time New York experience, so we're selling our home. He bought a fucking place. Jesus Christ. Now I'm a fucking... Is that book money. I'm a failure. I'm a fucking failure. My curse, does my cursing feel out of place, by the way? No. I was watching, I was watching a, a watch video, a video on a guy who was talking about a watch and a watch strap at that. And he just, he kept saying fuck and it felt very out of place. Totally. Okay. So I get that. It's like you uh, fucking put it in here and you fucking there's slide it in through that... there. What? I was just, I was just saying what he was saying, but go ahead. So yeah, there's a manager I work with that curses too much when he's talking about just nothing. And I agree. I think it's, it's the position that you're in could be jarring if you're cursing too much and then especially if you're if you're giving some informational uh something uh it seems odd to be cursing but no we're just our podcast is us talking i, I i'm not making the conscious choice to force it in there i just feel as no, though I maybe know. sometimes it, it 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 pops up in places that wouldn't it wouldn't normally pop up in the middle of sentences right. when the emphasis is like why is that there so I was just no, but for you, you are kind of impassioned about like shitting on this guy, so it makes sense for you to curse. (laughs) What are you impassioned over? Shitting on things. Yeah, that's what. Honestly, that is when I get the most riled. I know when I talk about how stupid the world is, and then how nobody seems to be able to grasp it, and everyone just goes around acting like it's all normal. Shouldn't be normal, and the fact that you're settling for it is fucking pathetic. We are moving to San Diego. So if you're listening uh, in from San Diego, we will be out there. Shut up. Probably. It's going to be a while. <clears throat> These things take uh, some time. It'll probably be the fall. Uh, November uh, is when we're shooting for. I have a project I do here in the city um, in September, so we're not going to leave before that. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, get to the point. Shut the fuck up. Filling us in on the mundane details of your life without any actual details that could make it interesting. If you want to talk about that, fine, but give me something. Well, and apply it to whatever you're trying to teach, whatever you're talking about. Finding your So anyway, November will be uh, based in Southern California, but I will be coming back to New York uh, late spring every year and during the summer to produce this. uh, I do a big event here in uh, Brooklyn with a bunch of uh, performing artists every year. We'll keep doing that. So if you're in New York and you <laughs> shut up, want to be connected with me, I will be back here during the summer months, late spring. How many people are summer, connecting with you? Fall. How many people are, are need Vulcan, to see you in person? Southern California. And what happens beyond there, we just don't know. Uh, but it is yeah, throwing wow. caution to the wind a bit, kind of just embracing. I can't. I can't. Wow. It, uh, th- this is. <laughs> I can't. I get to the point. Here's a different one. Three harmful patterns. Let's just jump to the middle of the episode and see if there's anything. This is the Lifestyle Arts Podcast with Stephen Nash, session number 45. This was a show that was previous from the one. I think he was talking with a deeper voice. He was trying to make his voice sound a bit different. (laughs) Welcome to the Lifestyle Arts Podcast. I'm trying to jump ahead and it's just buffering it's not doing i like how it says any lifestyle for that matter all right here we go are willing to carve out time and resources to make that happen um and oftentimes the other guys who have yet to turn that corner or the ones who do turn that corner show up to me they'll tell me you know Stephen, i used to think this is just who i am and i'm not changing this is what i'm stuck with is all too common. But any transformation has to begin at this crucial juncture, at 
this intersection. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, he's not selling anything that people don't already know. Right. Also, I if if I were a guy who wanted to pick up women and I went to a seminar and I heard you really need to put in the work with yourself. That's going to take some time. Don't expect to date anyone for a year while you figure mm. that out. I was like, no. I want to know how to go in and have that woman melt tomorrow. Just tell me what right. to do. Tell me to put on this brand of cologne and this style shirt and to say these words and to place my hand. It's a magical incantation. To place my hand on her tramp stamp. <laughs> and which I know is unrealistic and what he is actually saying that holds merit. But I, I have to assume that all these episodes are pretty much that. And look, if you're taking it seriously, that's the way to go about it. If you want to listen to these things for fun, like we're trying to do on the show and make it entertaining, I just need some of the bad advice. I need that bad advice to be presented so I can laugh at it. But he's not giving me that. He's telling me, though, he moved to San Diego about eight years ago, and I wonder if he's still there. <laughs> but he's coming back to New York every every summer for the big event. He'll be coming back uh, every uh, six, eight months or so. And uh, I actually have a place that I go to, a friend of mine, uh, he's got an extra room. So, you know, they have a cat. They just got a cat two weeks ago. Uh, they named it Charlie. And uh, it's a black and white cat. It's pretty cool. I like that cat a lot. I've met him a couple of times. Uh, yeah, uh, my friend. That's uh, more interesting. That's at least more interesting than what. Is it? Because you're giving specifics at that point. You're giving the cat's name. He, was, he wasn't saying anything. Right. I didn't mean to but dedicate also, I... this whole episode to this man oh it's all right what should it's like bitching we're kind of like bitching well i didn't uh, you know uh, I... strategic bitching because it's not just bitching into the wind we like we've we've complained and then we've had action what was the action what, what does it say about my life that i still feel uh smug about something i did uh, 15 years ago how i put a person in their place in a very specific moment in time 15 years ago when he probably doesn't even think about it. I like to think that he lays there at night. He's in bed. He's uh. unable to sleep. And he thinks of Greg Russ uh, at that time. I, he really gave it to me. He put me in my fucking spot. I learned a lesson. That's not happening. So what the, well, I don't, I, that's the part that I don't think is needed. I think you thinking about it uh, and saying that you feel smug I think instead you should feel proud that you didn't let someone sort of bully you into submission. I think that's something to be proud of and that's fine. Sure, but it's not, it's, it's not about me other than that smugness. That's what that, when it, as far as it's concerned about the feelings of being proud, yes, that would be something I could take and build confidence off of and yes. move forward in my and life and pick up a, a woman. That <laughs> yeah. I could pick up all the women. But what I really want to know is that he still feels like shit over it. That's what I... I never understood that's, that. That's what I need to know. To know that I had such an effect on his life that to this day, he despises me. He hates me because I beat him. I beat Why would him that make you feel good? At his own game. Because I'm remembered. But, what? Never forgotten. But, but it does but it still exists even if he doesn't think of you. It still is something you did and it's something that you can be proud of. I know, but the impact is lessened at that point. See, I don't think so. I think the impact is more when you can take it and turn it into a thing that makes you feel good. Here's what it instead is. Instead of instead of it molding it back into something that still makes you mad because he probably doesn't think of Here's what it is. I need the world to know how great I am. And if we're talking about it in the way you want see, but me to you carry don't. it. You can just be great. No, I want the, the world needs to know. And if, <laughs> see, that's what I'm talking about. That's and, a problem, I think. And if we're talking about it in the way that you're presenting it, it that requires me to tell the world how great I am. Here's uh, here. And I guess that's what this show was. I did. That wasn't my intention. Uh -huh. But I told this story. And if, if, now if I was if I was thinking about it the way I am now, I wouldn't tell this story because that wasn't my intention. Uh, maybe it was, I guess. I wanted people to know, don't fuck with me. So that did live in there. But it re still requires me to tell the story. Whereas mm -hmm. if it still sticks with him, he's not going to tell the story because he's ashamed. But if he did, it's like, what's wrong with you, dude? Why Why do you act like this? I'm like, well, there was this one time. Why do you not trust anyone? Why are you so weird <laughs> with your money and your contracts these days and your leases? There's this one time. 
I got burned. And let me tell you about that time. Greg Russ. Then, then my legend is put out into the world from someone else's lips. And that's when you know that you made it. I'm searching the Kindle store. How to get over feeling vengeful. <laughs> it's not vengeance anymore because I, I won. <laughs> I took him down. I took mystery's right-hand man, put him in his place, which is apparently San Diego. <laughs> drove, only part-time. He'll be back in New York. I drove him out of New York. Took you seven did. years. That's why he couldn't handle it anymore. Everywhere he went, he reminded him of you it and how years. he lost to some schmo I liked from the, Georgia. I will say that I liked the idea of being on the air in New York and him listening to that station and hearing me. <laughs> I, I, did it ever happen? Probably not, but I had this fantasy. Anyway. Anyway, thanks, everybody. Um, thanks for letting us talk to you. Thanks for letting us talk at you. Thank you, man. We appreciate you. And goodbye. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs>